the early history of humanity as told in the Torah is a series of disappointments. God gives human beings freedom, which they then misuse. Adam and Eve eat the forbidden fruit. Cain murders Abel. Within a relatively short time, the world before the flood has become dominated by violence. All flesh had perverted its way on the earth. God creates order. Man creates chaos. Even after the flood, humanity, in the form of the builders of Babel, is guilty of hubris, thinking they can build a tower whose top reaches heaven. Humans fail to respond to God, which is where Abraham enters the picture. We're not quite sure at the beginning what it is that Abraham was being summoned to. We know that he was commanded to leave his land, birthplace, and father's house, and travel to the land which I will show you. But what he was to do there, we don't know. On this, the Torah is silent. What was Abraham's mission? What made him special? What made him not simply a good man in a bad age, as was Noah, but a leader and the father of a nation of leaders? To decode the mystery, we have to record recall what the Torah has been signaling prior to this point. I suggested in previous essays that A, perhaps the theme of the Torah, is a failure of responsibility. Adam and Eve lacked personal responsibility. Adam said, it wasn't me, it was the woman. Eve said, it wasn't me, it was the serpent. It is as if they were denying being the author of their own acts, as if they didn't understand either freedom or the responsibility it entails. Cain didn't deny personal responsibility. He didn't say, it wasn't me. It was Abel's fault for provoking me. That he didn't say. Instead, he denied moral responsibility. Am I my brother's keeper? Noah failed the test of collective responsibility. He was a man of virtue in an age of vice, but he made no impact on his contemporaries. He saved his family and the animals, but no one else. According to the plain reading of the text, he didn't even try. Understand all of this, and we understand Abraham. Abraham exercised personal responsibility. For instance, a quarrel breaks out between his herdsmen and those of his nephew Lot. Seeing that this was no random occurrence, but the result of their having too many cattle to be able to graze together, Abraham immediately proposed a solution. Abraham said to Lot, let there not be a quarrel between you and me or between your herders and mine, for we are brothers. Isn't the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Note that Abraham passed no judgment. He didn't ask whose fault the argument was. He didn't ask who will gain from any particular outcome. He gave Lot the choice. He saw the problem and he acted. He took responsibility. In the next chapter, we're told about a local war as a result of which Lot was among the people taken captive. Immediately, Abraham gathered a force, pursued the invaders, rescued Lot, and with him all the other captives whom he returned safely to their homes, refusing to take any of the spoils of victory that he was offered by the grateful king of Sodom. This is a strange passage. It isn't the image of Abraham the nomadic shepherd we see elsewhere. It's Abraham willing to fight a battle. Its presence is best understood in the context of the story of Cain. What Abraham shows is that he is his brother's, or rather his brother's son's, keeper. 
he immediately understands the nature of moral responsibility, despite the fact that Lot had chosen to live where he did with its attendant risks. Abraham didn't say his safety is his responsibility, not mine. Abraham took moral responsibility. Then, in this week's parasha, comes the great moment in which, for the first time, a human being challenges God himself. God is about to pass judgment on Sodom. Abraham, fearing that this would mean that the city would be destroyed, says with astonishing words, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Shall the judge of all the earth not do justice? This is a remarkable speech. By what right? Does a mere mortal challenge God himself? The short answer is that God himself signaled to Abraham that he should. Listen carefully to the text immediately before the one I've just read. Then the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all the nations on the earth will be blessed through him. Then the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great, and their sin so grievous, that I will go down and see if what they've done is the, as bad as the outcry which has reached me. If not, I will know. Those words, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do, are a clear hint that God wants Abraham to respond. Otherwise, why would he have said them? The story of Abraham can only be understood against the backdrop of the story of Noah. There, too, God told Noah in advance that he was about to bring punishment to the world. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. Noah did not protest. To the contrary, we're told by the Torah three times that Noah did as God commanded him. Noah accepted the verdict. Abraham challenged it. Abraham understood the third principle, collective responsibility. The people of Sodom weren't his brothers or sisters, so he was going beyond what he did when he rescued Lot. He prayed on their behalf because he understood the idea of human solidarity, immortally expressed by John Donne. No man is an island, entire of itself. Any man's death diminishes me for I am involved in mankind. But a question remains. Why did God call on Abraham to challenge him? Was there anything Abraham knew that God didn't know? The idea is absurd. The answer is surely this. Abraham was to become the role model and initiator of a new faith, one that wouldn't defend the human status quo but challenge it. Abraham had to have the, ch the courage to challenge God if his descendants were to have the courage to challenge human rulers, as Moses and the prophets did. Jews didn't accept the world that is. They don't, even now. They challenge it in the name of the world that ought to be. That was a critical turning point in human history, the birth of the world's first religion of protest, a faith that challenges the world instead of accepting it. Abraham 
wasn't a conventional leader. He didn't rule a nation. There was, as yet, no nation for him to lead. But he was the role model of leadership as Judaism understands it. He took responsibility. He acted. He didn't wait for others to act. Of Noah, the Torah said he walked with God. But to Abraham, God himself said, Hitalech lefanai, walk on ahead of me, meaning be a leader. Walk ahead. Take personal responsibility. Take moral responsibility. Take collective responsibility. Judaism is God's call to responsibility.